Okay, so um, let's get into it. Let's get into what's this about. It's crazy, I'll tell you that much. It's typically insane. What's going on? I mean, that secret sauce, you know, telling us to get it, but uh, saying the secret sauce, that mystery sauce is fine, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Keep telling us like it's a good thing to get, but. Just doesn't seem like it is. That's all I'm saying. When it comes to it. It's uh, it's a dangerous thing. That's all I got to say. When you're playing uh, Russian roulette. With your life. You're faced with a choice, you know? You're faced with a terrible choice. And it... What can I say? It gets to you. That's what I could say about it. That's all I could say. Well, let's hear what uh, Dr. Jan Ruby got to say about it. Physician and author Dr. Jan Ruby shared a bombshell report from the board-certified embalmer and funeral director who pulled out never-before-seen otherworldly blood clots from the veins and arteries of dead, young, and old individuals who have received the uh, special sauce. The mystery sauce. That's what I kind of say. The mystery sauce. Ruby shared the stunning discovery by Richard Hirschman during the January 31st episode of Live with Dr. Jane Ruby. Hirschman said he is now regularly seeing arteries and veins filled with unnatural blood clot combinations as well as strange fibrous materials that are completely filling the vascular system of the deceased. He has never seen those before last year. According to Hirschman, the unnatural blood clots started to appear about six months after the uh, mystery sauce was put out, which makes sense to him as he said he can't imagine something like that happening overnight. Hirschman has never seen anything like this at all. He is now seeing it in both the young and the old. He said that one of the common themes is that these patients, the majority of them, died suddenly, died of a sudden heart attack or stroke, Ruby said. It started happening around mid-2021. And so what Mr. Hirschman has told us is that when he attempted to embalm his patients, he was met with resistance. And so he started to use tools to try to remove it, thinking that it would be, it was a local resistance. And what he found was their very unusual combination of clots and fibrous material, said Ruby. Mr. Hirschman said that in his 20 years, 20 plus years as a licensed and board certified embalmer and funeral director, he has never seen this particular type of clot and the material in this white fibrous portion of it. He said 
that he's talked to numerous colleagues over the last few months and they have corroborated and a couple of them have come forward and as the days go by when they get themselves together and organize themselves and their information samples and pictures they have asked they have asked to be able to tell their stories ruby pointed out that the same thing that hirschman and others have seen reported in 2021 in a, is additional evidence and absolute proof that this phenomenon was not happening before she noted that according to hirschman the clots are not cholesterol because it didn't have it didn't have its texture or color. The embalmer funeral director told Ruby that it wasn't malleable like cholesterol, and it was very rubbery in texture and stretchy. The former Washington D.C. health economist online TV show has clarified that the bioweapon falsely referred to as the special sauce has not just caused blood clots but also sudden cardiac deaths lung clots and stroke in the brain she also took note the warnings made by the world-renowned scientist dr charlotte Bakhtati, who said that the mystery shots mystery sauce will force our body to make the spike protein that creates a non-stop factory in the body Bataki also warned that the special sauce are set to cause global catastrophe and decimation in the human population. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Dr. Bahaki had been saying for about a year now that the special sauce gets into every cell in your body. It's getting to into the individual epithelial cells, the lining cells of your lungs and blood vessels. And so what we're seeing now actually are proof of how extensive the chronic phenomenon is throughout the body will be explained hmm. very interesting very interesting that's what i could say about that well tell me what you think about this uh mystery sauce let me know in the comments all right let me know okay later All right, so now I just got off of YouTube and now I can speak freely. So let's get on with what's going on with this, okay? Let's see what uh, Dr. Jane Ruby has to say about this. Jane Ruby, my bombshell report from a board-certified embalmer who's pulled out never-before-seen blood and otherworldly clots from veins and arteries of the jab. In this worldwide exclusive, join me as I share a stunning discovery and the unbelievable pictures revealed by board-certified funeral director and embalmer Richard Hirschman, who is seeing for the first time in his 20-plus year career Arteries and veins filled with unnatural blood clot combinations and strange fibrous materials that are completely filling the vascular systems in both the young and the old. And many of these victims reportedly died of heart attacks and strokes, acute heart attacks and strokes. You're live with Dr. Jane Ruby tonight. We'll be right back after this important message. You don't want to go anywhere. Trust me. If someone told you that you could change your life, change your entire life in 88 days, would you do it? Would you believe it? John and Chelsea Jubilee here. What would your life be like if you could reverse diabetes? To share and reveal that he has been finding for almost a year now, uh, these blood clots um, in hundreds of bodies uh, that he's never before seen before 2021. What happened in 2021? The rollout of these injections. So the way Mr. Hirschman describes his discovery, uh, and it started happening around mid 2021 for sure, is, and not to be graphic, but for an embalmer, 
uh, they are inserting fluid, pres preservative fluid, and they go in uh, through major vessels and they, they, they push the fluid through and it theoretically goes through the entire body. And that's how the beginning of the preservation process is started. In this particular embalmer's experience, and I have to say that since uh, I did break the story a few days ago on Red Voice Media, a number of embalmers have come forward uh, and funeral directors, including uh, the famous John O'Looney from the UK who came out last year with his findings of lots of uh, sudden deaths, uh, that they are finding the same thing as well. And so what Mr. Hirschman has told us is that when he attempted to embalm his uh, patients, uh, he met with resistance. And so he started to use his tools to try to remove it, thinking that it was a local resistance. And what he found were these very unusual kind of combination clot and, uh, and, and fibrous material. I wanna show um, in this first picture, uh, this is, um, it's a little bit graphic. It's a very long clot. You have to understand this clot runs the length of the person's leg. So it almost, this, this clot with this strange white fibrous material basically forms a casting, if you will, of the inside of the vessel. Now, the far left end is, majority of it is blood. And as Mr. Hirschman described, uh, you can see how it becomes more and more of the white material. And then as it goes down toward the end, in, in our second picture, it's more of a zoom of the far right end. And you can see that the white material bifurcates. Um, there's, a, there's a picture, we have an additional picture that is a zoom of the first one where you can see on the far right end uh, as you see here, the vessel, the, the clot, which formed the shape of the vessel, bifurcates, as, just as veins do. As they go further down in the periphery, they kind of split off and become smaller and smaller. So I, I wanted to start with this one. This, this is what this man has been finding. Uh, he has said to us that this is not cholesterol. He knows the difference. He's seen hundreds and hundreds of different types of clots in uh, people who have passed that he is uh, trying to prepare to lay to rest. And he's never seen anything like this at all. Uh, he is seeing it in both the young and the old. He's, uh, uh, the, one of the common themes is that these patients, the majority of them died of a sudden heart attack or stroke. Uh, the other question I asked him was, um, when you're when you're you know examining this and you're experiencing this and, and removing these long and fulminant clots, um, we know in uh, peripheral vascular disease that when someone has this kind of you know clotting throughout their system uh, over long periods of time, the lo the lower part of the body, the feet and the toes, get very dark and discolored. That happens over years. In this particular case, so I asked him. Are you seeing that discoloration? Because we want to rule out that this is a general you know, phenomenon, not necessarily related to the jabs. And his response, his finding was that they were, they were no, totally normal color to the rest of the body, which means they did not have any discoloration. And that inter is interpreted by us as the fact that this happened very quickly. This happened perhaps over days and, and weeks, maybe a few months. And he agreed with that assessment, given you know all the countless uh, people that he has helped to prepare. Uh, he did verify back through records and through conversations when he was acting in an embalmer-only role. He went back and discussed it with the funeral director, who would have more access to patient records and family discussions. And so he was able to verify that the majority of these people, almost all of them, in his words, had taken uh, the, the vaccination series, if you will. Um, he also mentioned that these are not just blood clots. Um, as you can see in, in this next picture uh, that has like a lot of, it's sort of like squiggly. It's all, you know, red and some of the white. Uh, this is pr the upper picture is prior to him rinsing the blood off. And one of the comments he made to me from this upper picture that was very startling, uh, and you can also see what he's talking about in the lower portion. The lower picture is actually after he's rinsed off the blood and he's holding it in his gloved hand. 
you can see sort of the differentiation, but yet you can also see from the way he described it, that these white, strange, never before seen fibrous, you know, elongated clots uh, emanate, if you will, out of the, the blood, the bloody part of it. And I, I asked him what he thought about that. And some of the information he shared was that he said it looked almost like the white fibrous part was feeding off of or growing from, emanating from the bloody end or the bloody clot. Now, these are very difficult pictures to look at. I, I don't, you know, I don't doubt that, but we're after the truth. We're after uh, the, the reality uh, because we learned recently that Pfizer uh, came out and said that their two to four-year-old age group in the study, I can't imagine who would bring a two to four-year-old group of children in this trial as an experiment, but that that group did not meet their efficacy measures, which is a miracle because normally they lie and say that they met all efficacy measures. But unfortunately, he did say that the six-month to two-year-old group did. And so you can bet that they'll be going after an expansion of the emergency use authorization for six-month-olds to two-year-olds. And I can, I can just barely say that. Um, what we're hoping is that when parents see this, or maybe adults who are on the fence, who are being pressured, you know, one way or the other, and they need to make a decision, or they feel pressured to make a decision, that this will give them some pause and give them something to think about. I want to emphasize that Mr. Hirschman said that in his 20 plus years uh, as a licensed and board certified embalmer and funeral director, he's never seen this particular type of clot and the material in this white fibrous uh, portion of it. Um, he said that he's talked to numerous colleagues over the last few months and they have corroborated and a couple of them have come forward and as the days go by, uh, when they get themselves together and organize them, themselves and their information and their samples and their pictures, they uh, have asked uh, to, 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 be, to be able to tell their stories. And so what that tells me is that we do have people behind Mr. Hirschman that have seen the same thing uh, and that are reporting the same thing. Um, again, he never saw it before uh, 2021. So that kind of gives us in that time frame some additional evidence i'm not saying this is absolute proof but it's evidence that this was not happening uh in his before that in his 20 years uh, and this this is happening related temporally on the timeline to the deployment of of these shots um one of the things he told me about these these clots especially this very curious white fibrous portion he said it 100 was not cholesterol it didn't have the texture or the color. Uh, it wasn't malleable like cholesterol. And it was, he said it was very rubbery in texture and it was stretchy. Um, you can kind of see on the lower picture uh, that we're looking at now on the glove. Um, so he's, he's saying that when he pulls it, um, uh, you know, with two, two fingers, two hands, it's very, very stretchy. It's very tough. It's fibrous. He said that um, on the, further end that he could see these smaller kind of wispy hair-like extensions off of the main white um, uh, piece. And so this is very concerning. Um, as I mentioned earlier, world-renowned microbiologist, uh, epidemiologist, and MD, Dr. Sukrit Bhakti, who is one of the leading doctors uh, in the group Doctors for COVID Ethics, has predicted this actually. Uh, he uh, has said for many months now, what he expected to happen was that the spike proteins would grow out of the individual uh, epithelial lining cells, the lining of the blood vessels, and that because the spikes would literally mechanically kind of stick out into the, the vessel, the vessel, you know, human blood in arteries really likes to flow very, it flows very quickly. The velocity is much higher in arteries than it is in veins. And this was another very unusual uh, finding that Mr. Hirschman pointed out. He said, you know, Dr. Jane, I rarely find clots, rarely in arteries because traditionally artery, you know, the arterial blood does move faster. And when blood is moving at the right velocity or faster velocities, 
it doesn't tend to clot unless there is a major obstruction in the pathway. But in this case, he began seeing them more and more, of course, and then they were predominantly in veins. But he said, I'm starting to see it more so in the last few months in arteries. Now, arteries are larger than veins. And so in addition to the velocity issue, he's saying this is incredibly unusual. Um, so I thought that was really important for us to think about. I also let Dr. Sukrit Bhakti, who is in Germany, uh, I, I communicated with him as I do from time to time. Uh, a few days ago, I shared with Mr. Hirschman's permission, I shared these pictures and many more. Uh, and he was very, very interested in it. He said he was not surprised at all, uh, given the fact that the spikes would be irritating um, on, a, on a very like a microscopic level and that the blood in the, in the predominantly in veins, but he was impressed to hear that it was arteries as well, would cause a sluggishness. Also, the spikes sticking out of the, the vein wall, the interior wall, actually uh, creates uh, biochemical signals. It's not just mechanical or structural that's sticking out. There are also signals that, that the body sends out to say, hey, something's wrong here. There are obstructions. And so you get the, the rescue cascade. You get your white blood cells, killer T cells. You get all kinds of macrophages. Um, all kind, you get fibrinogen because it, it's all sent to an area um, to heal, to repair. In this particular case, and this is the stunning part of this, remember we've said that the mRNA molecule gets into every cell in your body. So it's, it's not going to just be in one part of your body's vascular system. Unfortunately, this phenomenon is going to happen throughout the body. In speaking again with Mr. Hirschman, today, he said that uh, when he finds this in a body, he's not finding it in just one area, like a leg in one of the pictures we saw. He's not finding it in just one arm. Uh, he's finding it throughout the body. He's also finding it in very large arteries, like the carotid. Remember, any arter arteries exit, you know, the heart to, to, to bring oxygenated blood out to the rest of the body and the arteries closest to the heart are the larger, the largest ones. And so he's seeing them in the carotid arteries in the neck. He's seeing that when he sees it in a patient, it's going to be in every extremity. So very, very disturbing. Um, what we need, and we've talked about this, and he's aware of it, uh, is we need a safe lab to do a chemical analysis of this, this white material. Uh, he can rule out cholesterol, but he certainly can't, um, we can't tell without a chemical analysis what this is made of. And this is going to be very important. Now, a lot of people, after I broke the story a few days ago, speculated, uh, well, could it be graphene? Could it be, you know, something else in the adjuvants of these shots? Look, it could be a lot of different things, but I, I don't think it's constructive really for us to speculate, even when some of the world's greatest scientists have looked at this in the last couple of days, like Dr. Bhakti, and have, are waiting uh, for some sort of a chemical analysis. Um, Mr. Hirschman has been contacted by some uh, pretty impressive worldwide scientists, and he will go into private meetings with them later this week to share uh, in detail his findings and to allow them, you know, to ask some probing questions that might put more, you know, color, if you will, to this picture. Um, so I wanted to share that um, he said to me that about, I asked him what percentage of his patients he was finding this in. And he said that he really started to keep track and create records uh, around October, November. And he said at that time, until close to the end of 2021, he estimated the number of patients who had these strange clots that he had to pull out. Um, at about 50%. So if he embalmed two people a day, uh, I'm sorry, four people a day, two of them would have this phenomenon. Uh, if he did six, he would have three, maybe four. He said that in the last 30 days, uh, since the end of last year, he is now seeing about 80% of the 80% of the people he is servicing uh, have this phenomenon. So, so things are coming home to roost in a way. I'll speculate on that. He did say that right now the majority are the elderly, 
like over 65. Um, and he speculated that since the elderly were the most uh, heavily inoculated, they were the first, you know, to be to be eligible and to, and to line up and take these injections. That sort of, you know, it'll be first in, first out. Uh, and and but he did say that he is finding this in thirty-year-olds, uh, forty-year-olds, and fifty-year-olds. And it brings to mind these athletes that have been dropping over with cardiac issues, and some of them having uh, acute cardiac death, fatal heart attacks on the field. Um, and I have to tell you, as a, as a, my subspecialty is medical and surgical cardiology. That is not normal. That is okay, I'll have to put in part two. All right. See you next time. We'll get ready for part two. That is not normal for athletes and young, healthy people. And congenital heart defects and congenital heart um, illnesses are still very rare. So that, that's, that, that means born with that. And so it is not normal on any scale in any era of time that, that young people, children having heart attacks or these young, very fit professional athletes are dropping over. And so I thought that was an important, uh, important point. Um, I did ask him about children. I held my breath. He thankfully said he has not himself had any children uh, that he embalmed uh, related to pulling out this. He did, hasn't had any issues. And um, he, but he made the point, and I agree, that the, the, the rollout to children does seem to be a little slower. And I'm hoping that, that this really grinds it to a halt, that babies and children are, are not um, inoculated with whatever is is causing this. It's, um, it's, it's absolutely insane. So luckily, no children yet. Um, and so, um, I just wanted to share that we've got, I think we've gone through all the pictures. We did have one more actually that we can put up. This is again, uh, this is the person who passed away. Sorry for the graphics. Um, this is everything that the, that Mr. Hirschman was able to remove from this person's, uh, vasculature on this one leg on one side. So it gives you an idea of the extensiveness uh, of, of, this, of this phenomenon. We have to know what this is. We have to know what it's made of. Um, I think these, these photographs, which are just starting to go viral worldwide, are very important for people to see. Now, maybe they can just, you know, uh, rationalize it away. But I think at this point, um, we're going to continue to follow Mr. Hirschman's findings. I believe next week, uh, if, if we're lucky, we can get him. Uh, he's very busy right now, as you can imagine. Um, first of all, he has a full-time practice and he's getting a little bit of attention from the scientific community. So um, if we can get him on, we will, uh, but um, we will get probably at the very least some videos, he tells me, of some of the uh, procedures where he can show the general public uh, how he's removing it uh, from from the veins and, and the arteries. And he's, I believe he's got a video um, for, that we'll definitely have for next week, whether we have him or not, that shows a one, one short video showing him extracting these clots from a vein. And then right, right next to the vein, as, as the anatomy is normally, is the arterial system. And he's, he's got a second video that will pull it from the arterial system. So, uh, yeah, that is probably the most shocking information uh, yet on these jabs. Um, when you think about the fact that our military are being forced to take this uh, and that their numbers, as recently exposed by attorney Tom Renz, who's a friend and a fellow warrior, uh, he testified before Senator Ron Johnson's uh, panel last week, and he was able to reveal that three DOD whistleblowers have now come forward and the numbers that they are bringing forward from the DOD's DMED system, which is the Defense Medical Epidemiology uh, Database, which is much more thorough and validated than even than VAERS, um, the numbers, and because of that, sadly, the numbers of our military that have uh, escalated in terms of heart attacks and strokes, miscarriages, uh, chest, chest pain, shortness of breath, has just increased from like 
200 a year across the entire DOD to, to, to hundreds of thousands. Really, really sad. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to tell you why you no longer have any human rights uh, or constitutional rights or civil rights if you enter an American hospital. And don't forget, please go to MyPillow.com. Dr. Jane has a promo code. It's Ruby for 50% off all kinds of things, the bedding, the warm slippers. It's kind of cold up north. So take a look at that. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Hotze. I'm the host of the Dr. Hotze Report that aired the product for at least three months. I'm on my... Uh, and I'm going to explain why in a second, is you're automatically going to get the swab, right? You're going to get the swab test. Why? Because if they can get a positive test out of you, and to be honest with you, the majority of these tests are coming back positive. Gee, what a surprise from the recall, fraudulent, fake, non-diagnostic PCR test that the CDC recalled last June, but told you, yeah, go ahead and keep using it because they need the case numbers. And here's why hospitals want to stick that swab and get that positive result back the minute you walk into their ER. They are getting paid. They're getting paid a certain amount of money if, if they give you the test. If the test comes back positive, they get a second bonus. If they can admit you into the ER or the hospital proper and the word COVID is anywhere in your chart, they get a third bonus. Next, what they'll do is they'll start to treat you heavily with narcotics. Uh, they'll, they'll get another bonus if they treat you with remdesivir. And of course, with all the narcotics, especially someone like Lauren's mother, who already had, she's 76, she has lung disease, she doesn't breathe well to begin with, those narcotics are going to slow down her breathing, which gives the hospital a justification for putting her on a ventilator, whether she wants it or not, against her wishes. Because even when she was lucid and expressed her wishes not to take any of these medications like midazolam, light, which is a, a controlled substance, they gave her Haldol, which is an, a, a sedative, which she didn't really need. And, and of course they gave her fentanyl, right? That's a powerful narcotic. So this poor woman got very listless, confused, and they said, oh, she's not breathing well. We're putting her on the ventilator. Now they sequester the family. This is part of the routine. They're sequestering the family so that the family cannot be an advocate. Well, Lauren's mom had living will, advanced directives. Lauren herself as the daughter had a power of attorney. And she was told, we're going to honor all of it. But when she went in, did get into her mom's room, uh, a few days later, there was her mom on a ventilator. Uh, she, she took pictures of, of the infusion pumps in the room, and I could see the labeling on there, fentanyl, midazolam, uh, some vasopressor drugs. Her mom had a, a, a blood pressure, rather, of about 50 over 30. That's really someone who's passing. Or if they're young and it's like on the street, uh, they have something acute going on and that, that's really life-threatening. Um, and so what they learned is that there are no civil, no constitutional or human rights. Um, what I want to play for you is an audio uh, coming up with, this is between Lauren. She's in the hospital. She's just merely taping it while she's talking to a nurse because she's trying to convince this nurse that if they've told her her mother's death is imminent in the next few hours, she's pleading to just stay in the hospital so that she can be with her mom when she passes. And the nurse, what this nurse says to her is just going to be unbelievable. And it'll explain um, what, just what's going on in America's hospital. So if, if we have that audio ready, let's, let's, let's play that. He said he's calling me back because he wants to talk to the doctor about what happened. I told him what happened with all of this stuff and my religious beliefs and he said he's calling me back. What's your name? My name is Rizmo. Rizmo? We will notify you as soon as your mom. So, so you are a reincarnate of the T4 program. 
I don't know what yeah, that is. You don't know about what that is, but Hitler does. Okay. And well, you can look it up. You are separating an old yeah, woman. You are separating an old, an old woman who is dying. I'm stepping up, and if you put your hands on me, I'll press charges. My mother is dying. She's dying at this moment, and you're asking me to leave. No, no, that's not sensibly. That's not sensibly at all. No, it's not sensibly. What's your name? Kevin, that's not sensibly, and you damn well know it. And I hope somebody does this to you someday with your dying mother. That's right. That's right. I hope somebody does this to you and, and robs you of the moment of when your mother is dying. Right out of the T4 program. Freaking Nazis. Just evil. We weren't bothering anybody. And we were told by other nurses we should stay. You are so evil. You have no soul. You are evil. You are evil. You are evil people Nazi. That's what you are. That's what you are. Let's go. Take your blood though. I'm saying goodbye to my mom. I love you. You can visit me in the past. They're evil, but we love you. Say goodbye. I love you, mommy. I love you. Best mommy in the world. I love you, dear. Best mommy in the world. Best wife in the world. Okay. You are evil. I hope someone does this to you someday. Shut up, you. I know that's hard to hear, but you know what? They lived it. They lived it, so we can hear it. And and many people need to hear it. Many people need to hear what families are going through, not to mention patients, force intubated, drugged, drugged, and then moved on to death. A few hours, I'll, did you hear the nurse? We'll call you when your mother passes. That nurse should be stripped of her license and never practice again. That was disgusting. And I have to tell you that the first time I heard it, when Lauren sent it to me. I, I, I cried. I cried because no one should be deprived of being with their loved one. And the loved one should not have to die. If for those of you who have never been in an ICU, it's incredibly technical. It's cold. It's, 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 it's machines. It's constant 24 seven noise from the machines, the pumps, the, the alarms. And that's how people are dying in American hospitals unless they get rescued. And we work on that too. Like Mr. Scott Quiner, that's Stu Peters, Tom Renz, um, Dr. Eric Henson, and a little, little bit of a, you know participation by myself. Uh, we're able to uh, capture, if you will, legally, uh, got him out of a hospital in Minnesota. They forced him on remdesivir. They told the wife they were taking good care of him. They got him out. We, we mercy flighted him down to a hospital in Houston that said they would take him. When that doctor, Dr. Varen, got Mr. Quiner, he said he'd never seen anything like it. He had multi-organ damage. He was malnourished. He was deprived of fluids. He was dehydrated. Who are these monsters in our hospitals? I'm going to tell you. Let me tell you. Here's why it's happening. Two things, and I'm going to show you how. I just gave you one of them. It's the money. The Biden administration is heavily incentivizing and throwing money. I just read to you that step by step. You walk in an ER, you're going to get swabbed. And if that swab is positive, and like 99, you know, out of 100, apparently are lately. You're off to the races with them and they own you and you will be taken through this protocol. And it's for, cause there's money every step of the way. They got to get you on that vent because that's the biggest bonus prize. That's 50 grand, $50,000. And then when, when you die and they put COVID on the death certificate, there's another chunk of a bonus for a grand total of a hundred thousand dollars per patient. So they're moving them through. It's still disgusting. And it still doesn't totally explain to me why my medical and nursing colleagues are just allowing this complicit watching it 
let's take a look at the second reason. Because the second reason is that the government, through the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, put together in May of 2021, a document you may or may not be aware of, but you're gonna be aware of it now, called COVID-19 Emergency Declaration, watch this, blanket waivers for healthcare providers. I said, what? This coupled with the obscene bonus payment trajectory, okay, is tied to the, the COVID-19 diagnostic by the fake PCR test. So let me share with you, you're looking at the title page here, this document, easy to find, just put CMS and waiver or whatever keyword you wanna throw in, that'll come right up on the internet. So if you go to page two, it says, let me read, under patient rights. Basically what this document does is it strips you of all your rights and it gives every medical person in that hospital, anyone treating you, complete immunity. So they can mistreat you. They can give you, force you into medications. Guys, do you know what a patient bill of rights is? Okay, because that's been wiped out. But many of you know, when you've been in a hospital, you see these placards hanging in the wall. Did you know that you have a right to decide who your caretakers are? You have a right to refuse any medication you don't want, any treatment, any medical device, any, you, you have the right to leave the hospital. These are your patient bill of rights. They are waived. This is a blanket waiver. What you're looking at now, I put a cr crisscross through it because you don't have the right to confidentiality. You don't have the right to appeal. You don't have the right to bodily domain. You don't have a right to participate in your care. Okay. So on page two of this, this terrible document, and they're leaving it in place intentionally, patient rights. CMS is waiving requirements, watch this, only for hospitals that are considered to be impacted by a widespread outbreak of COVID-19. Hospitals located in a state which has widespread confirmed, wait for it, cases, and by the way, that's defined as 50 or more. Are you kidding me? Well, what's the population of, you know, Kentucky? What's the population of New York? Like there are 6 million people just on, you know, Manhattan Island. I mean, 51 cases, so that locks in every every hospital, right? Oop, we're under, we're in, we're in. Hospitals located in the state with 50 or more cases, right? Can waive the patient bill of rights. So when I say to you, you enter an American hospital right now, the majority of them, there are some good ones because that's who we mercy fly to. But you enter the majority of American hospitals right now, I'm not being hyperbolic, hyperbolic. I'm not being exaggerating. I'm not being crazy. You have no civil rights. You have no human rights. And you definitely don't have any constitutional rights. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, page four. One more, one more, bear with me. Quote, flexibility in patient self-determination act. There's a patient self-determination act, okay? But yours is being waived, waived. This is another name for advanced directives. CMS is waiving the requirements which require hospitals to provide information about their advanced directive policies to patients. CMS is waiving this requirement, which means if they waive the requirement to let you know about advanced directives, they don't have to honor the advanced directives. And it goes on to say, CMS is waiving this requirement to allow staff to more efficiently deliver care to a larger number of patients. Cases, cases, cases by a fake recall PCR test and don't hold your ho your hopes up for anything better because what happened after the first of the year is labs could choose from a list posted on the CDC website of like 15, 20 additional like new kind of PCR-like tests. But guess what? They're all under an emergency use authorization, which you should be very well versed on now. What does that mean? They're experimental. They're not approved. 
they haven't been validated. Remember I've taught before, <clears throat> to have to, a diagnostic test must be validated for validity and reliability. Validity ensures that that test does what it's supposed to do. If it's supposed to diagnose, you know, diabetes, then it diagnoses diabetes and not something else. Now, reliability refers to every time I apply that test, it consistently finds diabetes, okay? These tests, the original PCR was never, the, the, the real-time PCR test, was never validated. It was a phony paper by uh, Corman Drosten, uh, Victor Corman and Peter, uh, Peter Drosten, uh, the Corman Drosten paper. They admit inside the paper that they never had a real virus against which to validate. They had a, watch this, a sequence of a model of a projected facsimile. I mean, it, it was just such, such fraudulent stuff. But nothing, there is no validated diagnostic test anywhere on the planet. I dare you to prove me wrong for C19. Okay. But they're killing people. They're engineering bankruptcy in every state in the union. They're, they toppled our economy on these cases, on this test. You should be very angry, very angry. You see why cases are so important to the PSYOP? It's, it's, it's insane. So you have the government feeding the hospitals, maybe a, I'm going to say it looks like a 10 step incentive program that starts with that swab up the nose in the ER. That's why it's important to get, get in the habit of not complying, get in the habit of not testing. Testing is another form of surrender. It's another form of compliance and they will take you. They will constantly try to take you to the next level of compliance. And as Dr. Kevin Stillwagon has so aptly said in some of his presentations, compliance is the food. It's, it's the, it's the food, the life source of tyrants. Compliance is the life source. Don't feed them. Well, but Dr. Jane, I'm going to lose my job. I, you know, I got out of taking the jab, my exemption ran out. Now they want me to test three times a week. First of all, you should know, and, and I could do a whole other, and I will show on the dangers of what's been found in these swabs, most of which are made in China. Okay. As well as the masks, you notice the masks where they are enforced, you know, in, in the areas where they are, they're saying, okay, you can't use your cloth one anymore. Oh, okay. It magically lost its ability. And you have to use this one in the box, the blue ones with the accordion, you know, the paper. Yeah. You should be asking yourself why you should be asking yourself why they want you to test three times a week when you have no symptoms. Since when did you allow somebody to test you when you're not ill? Right? Since when do you, agree to be tested three, four times a week or every, to get in the building. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't comply. It's all part of the control thing. And each act of compliance is going to move you closer to, to more, to more danger. And I want to warn you all that, uh, there are a lot of products that these companies are, are, are bringing. Are, are, and, and, and they're probably going to be able to bring them to market and get approval. Uh, just breaking today, uh, Moderna received approval, full FDA approval was the report, multiple reports I saw. Full FDA approval of its already existing mRNA shot that's causing all those clots, full FDA approval. So, you know, I kind of take it back. The FDA is not a department at Pfizer. It's, it's kind of the, you know, it's, it's a, it's a department jointly at Pfizer and Moderna because they're getting everything they want. 
and Pfizer is coming after your babies and your children. So it's got to stop somewhere. Start modeling non-compliance, unified non-compliance. So what she's saying is true. And, you know, I have to look up more articles because there's a lot of stuff they're trying to do with this vaccine. They're really trying to achieve this new world order agenda. It's sick. It's sad. It's satanic. And um, people are going to have to learn to grow their own food, deal without meat, a lot of things. What she said is true. People, the doctors and nurse doctors get paid, you know, for every person that dies in that in a hospital now that are bought by the corporate elite. Okay. 